At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. I am Eagle Falcon. We've got some amazing topics to talk about, including the new Intel 10th Gen processors that can go up to who cares because everything is up to. That was a very interesting decision of Intel, but we'll get to that more down the road. First things first. Galaxy S20 Ultra owners, only the Ultra versions, are claiming that camera glass is just spontaneously shattering. No one is certain exactly why, what could be leading to this, but apparently, around some of the stationary cameras, you're just having the glass shatter, leaving a hole around the size of the camera lens, which of course the glass shattering pretty much leaves that camera completely unusable and most likely the cracks caused from it are going to spread above the other sensors as well and make those cameras as well pretty much unusable. This is not something you really want from your, and I remind you, $1,400 smartphone. Now, so far, the cases are very sparse. No one is certain what the cause is or how it's happened. It could, in fact, just be some manufacturing defects. But I, th- this kind of goes back to when the phone was just announced. You're going to need more than some fancy cameras to justify your obscene price tag like i i for one i actually do want some really good cameras because if i'm at a convention or anything my phone is going to be the only thing i use to take pictures and i have been terrible as of late actually taking pictures off my phone but that's a me problem and i'm not gonna lie the s20 ultra was a compelling concept if it was $400 less. It does make me wonder, though. The only difference between the S20 Ultra and the S20 other ones is that periscope camera, the one that has the, um, the what is it, 10 times optical zoom? 20 times optical? I think it's 20 times optical and then up to 100 times digital that is so gimmicky it's not even funny. But all the pictures that have surfaced of this scenario has always been around the stationary cameras. So the only thing I can think of that is causing this is either A, defective housing and causing the 
cameras just slam against the glass somehow. Or B, somehow it being thermal shock. Those are the two best theories I've got, and both of those theories, I admit, suck. Needless to say, we're going to be keeping a close eye on this, because this is bizarre. And honestly, if I was suckered into buying a $1,400 smartphone, I would be pretty pissed if the glass shattered. Oh, and you know what the best part is? The best part is that Samsung, who is channeling their best Apple that they can... The only thing they're saying about the glass is, oh dear, that's a shame, but uh, we can repair that for $400. Really? Really? That's your response? You know, I'm not going to lie, if you, Samsung, if you just don't know what's causing it just saying we're looking into it we don't know what is causing this stand by don't say oh gee that's a dang shame i guess we can help you out for four hundred dollars thanks thanks jerk chat says buy a cheaper phone and a stand standalone camera for much higher quality you see that if you were buying everything outright, like, here's the thing. Here in the U.S., I, I know this isn't the case in all other countries, but I know it's the case in some of them. Here in the U.S., when you get a phone, and I say $1,400, you are not paying $1,400. You are paying, let's actually do some quick math here. Usually you're paying, let's say $1,400, you're paying that over two years, so 24 months, and you're most likely paying an additional point oh five or something like that. You're normal. So in that case, you're paying, I did my math wrong, like, like $60 a month ish. In addition to whatever your, what your jigger is, your, uh, your payment plan for the actual thing. So it's not like I'm going into a cell phone store with $1,400 in my pocket. I'm going in with, say, 200 Usually. Now, with that said, if you had $1,400 burning a hole in your pocket, I would agree with chat. Get a cheaper phone. Heck, grab the S10. An older version of the S20 with a slightly more out-of-date processor. But you know what? You've got an under-screen fingerprint reader. You've got a pretty good camera in it. You've got a really good good display. You've got USB-C. You know what else you have? You have a headphone jack! And then go go spend the extra $700 you just saved on, oh, I don't know, actually $800. You'd be saving a lot of money, actually, going that route. Go spend that on, like, a DSLR. Go get a mirrorless. How much is the the Sony one that all the streamers keep recommending to replace their webcams? That's like $600 or something like that, right? I don't remember. 
But in any case, that was a nice glug that the mic picked up. <laughs> in any case, that's what's going on with the S20. We will be keeping a very close eye on it. Speaking of things we'll be keeping a close eye on. Zoom. If you don't remember Zoom, first off, congratulations, you have managed to stay under a rock when it comes to tech news. And I for and I'm not saying that you're an ignorant caveman. I'm saying I am legitimately jealous of your ability to avoid all this stuff. Kudos to you. But if you are such a person, what Zoom is is a web chatting service that the person who hosts the call pays for, and then anyone else can join when they have the link. And you just have, you know, basic camera, mic functionality, and you just communicate to each other. It's basically Google Hangouts, or Skype, or Messenger, or FaceTime. It's actually a lot like a whole metric ton of other web chat services. Or MS Teams. MS Teams is actually one that's specifically used for work. Zoom was originally pretty obscure, but then skyrocketed to popularity out of nowhere when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. To which then it was revealed that Zoom has a whole bunch of security flaws, and Zoom, the only thing they have said about fixing their security flaws is, we hired a guy from Facebook. And that was the last we heard three weeks ago. Zoom is a security hole. You should not use Zoom. Use anything other than Zoom. I cannot stress this enough. I even actually had to use Zoom to actually host some Jackbox games for the family. I hated it. I don't know how people like Zoom. It is infuriating. And I say that as someone who's actually pretty tech savvy. Maybe it was actually infuriating me because I'm tech savvy. It's like, oh, how do I change the mic? Oh, it's... The menu is three items. Where's my anything? All right, but in any case, that's not the story. The story is that Google has actually had a competitor to MS Teams. MS Teams is pretty much like Zoom, except it's originally targeted for businesses. Google Meet has actually been around for uh, about two years. Google still has Hangouts, by the way. That is still around, and that is still a better alternative to Zoom than using Zoom. But Google has now officially made its Meet project. It's not project, but its Meet platform for free for everyone. So, I will say this again. I will say this again as cool and calmly as I can. Stop using Zoom! Stop it! 
Just stop! I kid you not. I actually did put out over the week a three-minute-long early bird briefing that was pretty much me saying stop using Zoom over and over and over and over and over again. But Zoom beats Microsoft to the promotional packages. But you know what Microsoft doesn't have? The ability for my computer to be commandeered remotely. Like, this is the thing that actually infuriates me, is the fact that somehow Zoom got into the educational sector and just got the greatest mindshare, even though MS Teams has been out since 19 always. Google Hangouts has, has been around since Google frickin' bought YouTube, it feels like. Skype has been around since cavemen invented the wheel. Let's go use Zoom! Zoomy Zoom! Whee! And the worst part is, is that all these professional outfits... And yes, that's what a school is. A professional outfit. These outfits know because all of us in the tech sector will not shut up about how inferior and how and how how much of a security disaster Zoom is and continue to use Zoom anyway. I'll tell you this right now. If your IT department recommends using Zoom, question their employment. Just straight up. Because recommending Zoom, considering the fact that Zoom has pretty much done absolutely nothing, despite the fact it has had, it has known about its own security vulnerabilities for months. This is the part that kills me. Zoom has known that they are a giant security hole for months and has done nothing about it. And in fact, they didn't do anything about it. They didn't even fight. They didn't hire on the freaking clown in charge of security at Facebook until all their security vulnerabilities became public. The part that baffles me the most is when you talk about a professional outfit, Discord, which is run by a bunch of nerds, lolso random people, and and just people who are... Discord, let's be blunt, the way that they put out everything, it's basically run by kids. Discord is basically a more professional outfit than Zoom. And their security messages says, and I quote, let me actually bring it up because I had to go get it. That's not it. 
I think my text message is actually gone that I had from Discord before. <laughs> it actually is. It's just, it's something along the lines of, Waves, we finally made it over here. Here's your code. And yet somehow they are more professional than Zoom. But that's not to say that Google is the pinnacle of trust. Google Stadia now officially adds EA titles, starting with Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order. But let's be honest. None of you care. I don't care. Do you know why? Because first off, almost all of us are suspicious of anything EA makes. But then second, it's on Stadia. And Stadia has already ruined our trust. Much like how Zoom has ruined our trust. You're seeing a lot of parallels here, right? Zoom has massive security vulnerabilities and can lead to your computer being commandeered remote, remotely without you knowing and having no say in the matter whatsoever. Or Zoom also just just has massive vulnerabilities to the to the point where you could be having a nice, friendly com- conversation with your family, and then someone can just inject themselves into into your conversation without you knowing or giving them permission, and just flashing you all sorts of inappropriate things. Or you know, they could just. Steal whatever the heck they want. Stadia? Well, they promise 4K gaming and provide you with none of that. They can't even provide 1080p half the time. And their promise is about 60 frames per second. And their bandwidth is complete horse dong. The Stadia team has lied and hidden things all along the release of it, just as Zoom has hidden all their problems for as long as they could and just kept focusing on features. And now that they can't, now that all their security vulnerabilities are out, now they're trying to pretend that they're focusing on security vulnerabilities, when in actuality, they appear to be doing nothing. I guarantee you adding these EA titles, although it helps Stadia, it is not going to result in any significant bump in player base on Google Stadia. That's just all you can say to it. On the bright side, though, Google has put out an improved version of the Pixel Buds. So you can look for those. I honestly, though, I don't know. Personally, I still am just kind of against the um, the wireless earbuds craze that has started thanks to Apple. I just see myself losing these things. I already lose my current Bluetooth headset, and that has an entire mechanism that goes around the ear.
so. If you were looking for the Google version of their wireless earbuds, go ahead. You can look for them now. Epic Games has decided to cancel their Fortnite World Cup in 2020. And not a single care was given. I kid. There's probably like a bunch of people who care. I personally don't. I really don't. I just find it more fascinating that more and more of these esports matches are being canceled due to the pandemic. And I mean, we've gone over this in the in the past. The reason why it's much better to hold, hold these massive competitions locally. That way, you have a no latency problem or anything. That way, no one can say, "Oh, I would have won if it weren't for the lag." And we know that's the case. But I still have to ask: Wow, I can't believe that your online game that you can play indoors at home. Canceled their tournament because everyone was told to stay at home. I think there could have been a way to make it work. I really do. I still stand by the concept that this was completely and utterly unnecessary. However, Fortnite has, in fact, decided to go the MMO route and has entered a mode called Party Royale. You can instead just go into Party Royale and just basically have an interactive chat room. Do your various emotes. You can't kill anyone. Just chat it up. You know, honestly, it's kind of a surprise that more games don't do this more just like blatantly copy yeah second life just like uh, someone in the chat just said just basically make second life why don't more games do that i mean other than the fact that it requires you know dedicated server space it's like why dedicate dedicated for that now ah, well All right, one last story before we take the first break. Riot Games' Vanguard anti-cheat engine can now be disabled at the Windows system tray. So you can now disable the anti-cheat engine. However, by disabling it, you cannot fire up the Valorant game. Now, I'm not going to lie. I have not been paying attention to Valorant because Valorant, to me, comes off as the next game that is trying to be the next esports title. And for the most part, I find esports titles boring. I tried my hand with Overwatch, and that was literally the last time I tried an esports title. And eventually I just got, okay, whatever, I'm done. So with that being said, 
a couple of questions now suddenly come to mind. Why is the anti-cheat agent running when I'm not running the game? Apparently, that's been the controversy. I have not known about this because any because the instant something regarding Valorant comes up, I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever, bye. But apparently, just installing Valorant onto your system causes this anti-cheat engine to just run it. Now, Riot, if I'm not mistaken. The only other game that Riot has made is League of Legends, I think. I could be wrong on that, though. Or I'm thinking of a different different uh, game company. So the fact that Riot, if, if that is the case, chat's confirming that. The fact that Riot made another game in the first place is actually kind of surprising. That also might be why it took off in popularity in the first place. The fact that this is a thing just blows me away. Why is your anti-cheat game run? I, I, I would be livid. And on you know what it also kind of reinforces? One thing when it comes to streaming that I have stood by is that the two gaming PC setup is superior. The main reason being is that you can run your gaming PC and make sure it never taints or does anything to the stream. And I fully acknowledge with today's modern hardware, it is not necessary. And you really only should do this sort of thing if you're doing something like I am where you have two very cheap systems that you've outfitted for each task. You absolutely should not take a Threadripper in one system and a 10900K in the other system and spend, like, God, stupid amounts of money on your two PC setup. Absolutely not. But you know what this would do? This would make sure that the anti-cheating agent isn't going to interfere with OBS. Because imagine if this anti-cheat agent just decided one day that, oh, by the way, uh, OBS, you can be used for cheating because you can record stuff. Yeah. Now, that's probably not going to be the case with Riot. But if more people start adopting this sort of thing, that can be a major problem. We're going to take a break here when we come back. The new Intel chips... And a bit more details about the NVIDIA GPUs that are coming soon. 
The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Valve has decided that Macs are inferior and therefore VR support on Steam is soon going to be dropped for Mac OS. Now, I understand why. Because let's be honest. VR requires some serious horsepower. Excluding the Mac Pro, where are you going to get horsepower within the Mac ecosystem? The iMac Pro with a uh with a 4-year-old GPU um uh, the 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 MacBook Pro has a uh, a a okay ish GPU, but not really. The Mac Mini? Heck no. The Mac Mini has a freaking mobile i7 and no discrete GPU. None. That's the thing. You need a discrete GPU, and currently. As much as it pains people to hear it, AMD does not have very good GPUs right now. They have some very okay GPUs with the first-gen Navi graphic cards. But that's about it. We're still waiting for big Navi. And I'm, I'm, I'll be fully blunt here. I can't wait for big Navi. I want big Navi to be here because I want to see what AMD can really do, because quite frankly, even in the Windows space, even in every other space, we need AMD to put out some good GPUs, and they haven't, which is why it kills Mac users the fact that they that Apple has just pretty much cut all ties with NVIDIA whatsoever. So Valve looks at it and goes, well, why would we want to support VR on there when it's just becoming a hot mess? The hardware isn't there. Where's the boundaries to push? You can do it for the Mac Pro. A $6,000 computer. Oh, I'm sorry. Starts at $6,000. 
and is going to be pretty much used exclusively as a professional tool. That's it. Maybe support will come back down the road, but for now, Valve says they are focusing their VR support on Windows and Linux. Now, I got to say this because I feel like I'm obligated to say it every time I talk about Macs. I understand Macs have a place in the world. They are a great tool for Unix developers. Easily, by far, the e- the easiest way to get, get anything for Unix. But my God, the amount of nonsense that Apple is doing with their hardware is just absurd. $6,000 for a single socket workstation that, oh, by the way, You have to have whatever SSDs you start with. You can't upgrade those except with more Apple parts. The hardware is just nonsense. It really is. All the other machines have their SSDs soldered directly onto the board, unless you're the iMac, in which it involves a heat gun to even get at. More and more, I just get disappointed in macOS. Windows 10 will be getting faster in the next update if you are still a dinosaur using a mechanical hard drive. On one hand, I actually am like kind of interested to see how this will go. And mostly it's because, well, I have a shelf full of mechanical hard drives. Actually, my gaming computer, believe it or not, that I use to stream games on, believe it or not, it's only drive in there is a mechanical hard drive. So I'm kind of interested to see what kind of performance upgrade we'll be seeing there. Now, they're saying this is being caused by more efficient search indexing. Which then makes me ask, will the start bar search function actually work? Please, pretty please, will it work? Like, let's be honest, Windows search, you go into that search bar right now, you type something, you get, here, let me go, calc. Calculator was gone by the time I got to Calcu. Until then, I had it. I, I I don't get you, Windows Search. It's just infuriating. NVIDIA is now the proud owner of Mellanox. I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot Mellanox existed. Mellanox, if you don't know, is a Israeli tech company that mostly specializes in 
enterprise data center and server grade hardware and software, mostly involving networking. I'm sure they do a couple other things. They probably do storage controllers and uh, and maybe other things. They might even be in charge of a couple uh, IPMI remote access systems. But for the most part, it's networking. Now, someone in the chat is speculating where they bought because of GeForce Now. It's possible. It's quite possible. I don't think NVIDIA has made it public as to why they want them. I'd imagine it's for the networking tech. It's mostly going to probably involve data centers, combined making all-in-one boxes that are just networked GPU machines for their Tesla cards. Speaking of which, we talked about last week that the NVIDIA GTC 2020 keynote will be on May 14th, where NVIDIA's sentient leather jacket attached to a guy will go out on stage and talk about the next generation Amper GPUs. Amper being the what we speculate to be the RTX 3000 series graphic cards. Oh, some of the chats mentioning self-driving. Yeah, they might want Mellanox for uh, self with the self-driving. That's true as well. But yeah, we, we already talked about the um, the GTC 2020 event. So why am I talking about it again now? It is widely speculated that the GTC event will be talking about, quote, innovations in AI, high-performance computing, data science, autonomous machines, healthcare, and graphics. It's a Quadro and Tesla event. Not Tesla the car, Tesla the graphic card. For the most part, NVIDIA has three main series of graphic cards. Tesla, Quadro, and GeForce. GeForce are the gaming graphic cards we all know. There are also then Quadro graphic cards. These are the ones that are used in professional applications. In fact, one of my... My video editing server, Remder, uses a NVIDIA Quadro K4000. The used laptop I actually just bought has an NVIDIA Quadro card. Tesla cards are compute-only. In fact, someone in the chat just beat me to it. They are compute-only GPUs. They have no video out, and they are basically used as only coprocessors in servers and supercomputers, which are built of servers. They are exclusively server GPUs. They're actually very unique in the fact that I actually have one, almost a Tesla card, but not quite. 
And it is just that. You have it. It is four GPU cores on the one card with four passive heat sinks on it. And it relies on the cooling of the server to keep it cool. They're actually really cool cards. And granted, almost no one can make use of them. My current not really a Tesla card is currently doing what's called folding at home, which is professional applications. It's protein folding. We talked about folding at home a couple of times. But regardless, unfortunately, for those of you hoping to go watch the keynote on May 14th and hoping to see some wonderful, fantastic new RTX 3080 graphic cards, you're going to be kind of out of luck. In fact, I actually talked about it a bit on the early bird burb briefing, but we got some leaked release release dates saying that we could be seeing the RTX 3080 cards in fall of 2020. That same leak, however, did try to claim that the RTX 2080 Ti had twice as many CUDA cores as, I'm sorry, 2080 Ti, the RTX 3080 Ti had twice as many CUDA cores as the RTX 3080 which uh, I'm not going to lie, that does not smell. That does not pass the smell test at all. It just, it makes no sense. So, I mean, I've almost discarded that, but that's all I've got is maybe fall of 2020. Chat saying maybe the TI is now $2,000. Ah, gee, thanks. Thanks, NVIDIA. I love having... I, I, I love having... Spending all my money. All right, let's talk about the new Intel CPUs that were revealed. These were some amazing charts to look over because it literally just made you go what in the actual heck am I looking at so the 10th gen Intel Core desktops is basically a refresh of the 9th gen which is a refresh of the 8th gen which is a blah 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 like realistically there isn't much new here but there is new marketing speak Ah, uh, that's that's what we want. We want new buzzwords. Such as up to 40 PCI Express lanes. Wait a minute. How do you have up to 40 PCI Express lanes? That makes no sense. This I absolutely love. Because here's the thing. Some of the PCI Express lanes are powered by the chipset. Which then makes me wonder, won't that mean that those PCI Express lanes are going to be slower than the normal PCI Express lanes? It's speculated that, in fact, chat beat me to it again, that the CPUs will have 24 on the CPU. 
But depending on what motherboard you put them in depends whether you get an additional 16 or not. So let's just pretend it might as well just say 24 PCI Express lanes. That leaves you 16 for the GPU, which you don't need. You're actually, you won't notice the difference if you run it in 8x. Let's be honest. But anyway, 16 for the GPU, and then that leaves you, what, eight lanes for the remain for the remaining, uh, that, yeah, that leaves you eight more PCI Express lanes. So two NVMe drives. That's it. And that's at full speed, granted. Chat says you only need 16 PCI Express lanes for the 28 Ti. Yeah, basically. I will also throw the RTX, uh, the uh, Titan RTX in there as well, but that's also basically the 2080 Ti with a gold paint job on it. And probably some other quadro card. But then again, if... I mean, do you really need me to tell tell you how to build your own system if you're shelling out the kind of money for a quadro card? No. No, you don't. You absolutely do not. You absolutely should not listen to me if you're throwing around that kind of money for a computer. What's fascinating, though, is the not one, not two, not three, but four, four different ways these CPUs can turbo boost. Oh boy. So we have first the Intel Turbo Boost Technology 2.0 Maximum Single Core Turbo. We also have the Intel Turbo Boost Max Technology 3.0 Frequency Gigahertz. Oh, I'm sorry. The... The, the Intel Turbo Boost Maximum Technology 3.0 Frequency. We then also have the Intel Thermal Velocity Boost Technology s- Single Slash All Core Turbo Frequency. And then finally, the Intel All Core Turbo Frequency. I could rattle off all the numbers, but let's be honest, the only one that matters is basically the highest end one and just know that most likely you're not going to see that top spec. Someone in the chat's asking, is it bad if you know what each of them do? No. Honestly, if you know what all of these do, it means that you research this about as much as I did. And here's what I'm going to do. Instead of blabbering on for the next 40 minutes as to what each of these numbers mean. Just basically know this. You will most likely not see that top number, which is Intel's throwing out as 5.3 gigahertz if you're getting the 10900K, unless you have it on a substantial cooler, either a massive air cooler or water cooling of some way, shape, or form. You're not going to see it. All right, let's just get that out of the way. Second, 
the fact that the base clock also says up to and then whatever the clock speed is. Now, I know why. Because the clock, the chip's base clock will downclock itself if the board cannot provide the proper amount of power. But let's be honest. If you were just a casual PC guy, why you go, oh, hey, Intel released their new chips. And then you look through the thing and says, wait a minute, base clock up to 3.7. You're gonna you're gonna go, that doesn't smell pass the smell test. Something funky's going on. You wanna know how I know that? Because I thought the same thing. Here's what I'll say. Do not under any circumstances pre-order these chips. Do not pre-order the 10900K. Do not pre-order the 10900KF. Do not pre-order the 10900. Do not pre-order the 10900F. Do not pre-order any of them. Period. Wait for them to come out. Wait for those who have the ability to test these chips to test these chips. And I'm willing to bet that the 10900K is going to end up being the king of gaming. It is going to be the best for a dedicated gaming box. I will also say this. You probably shouldn't get it because there's probably going to be an AMD equivalent that'll get as good and still be better for other tasks. Like, for example, if you're building a streaming rig, I guarantee you the AMD system is going to be better. So again, I'll say this much. Wait. Wait and see. Do not look at these numbers and think, Wow, that's so amazing! Oh my gosh, golly gee! Wait to see the performance numbers. I cannot stress that enough. There, that's all we're going to talk about. Now... The other thing to talk about as far as that, it is, even though it is basically a refresh of the last chips, it is on a new socket. So that means you do need new motherboards. So then a couple other questions pop up, like why? Actually, just why in general? Why is there a new socket? What does the new chipset provide? Well, here's let's answer those few questions. First off, the new socket does provide extra pins for what Intel calls future I.O. Well, what the heck does that mean? What in the heck does future I.O. mean? Well, there's really only new, only one kind of new I.O. that is coming down the pike. And chat got it. PCI Express Gen 4. And in fact, Gigabyte, on, on one of their streams, let it slip by 
one, by a guy who has no idea how to wear a flu mask, by the way. Like real, to- like, real talk, chat also picked up on this, like, immediately. The one guy just has, like, his face mask, like, slumped down, barely covering his upper lip, which means his nose is completely exposed, which means that mask is doing nothing. The guy, the guy on the right is almost wearing it right. The only reason I say almost is because it's the wrong kind of mask. Hey, I'm only calling him out on it because I have to stand in meetings with healthcare providers on the right way to wear a mask, the right way to do your job, the right way to stay healthy, how to wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was important to know the first time the 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 preceding three other meetings to repeat the repeat the same stuff. It gets boring very very quickly. But I digress. Intel confirmed going to be implementing PCI Express Gen Four on the next eleventh generation Rocket Lake CPUs. That also being said, Intel is working on Tiger Lake mobile CPUs soon, and those Tiger Lake CPUs will in fact be seeing Intel's next generation integrated graphic cards. Who cares? Intel integrated graphics suck! But this next generation Intel graphic cards are based on XE. XE, if you remember, is the code name Intel gave to their dedicated graphic card. So, these Tiger Lake CPUs, not to be confused with Comet Lake, which is what the 10th generation chips were. I actually want to go back and make sure that they actually are considered Comet Comet Lake. Because Intel's been calling all their chips so many lakes, I lost track. Yeah, Comet Lake S. I was correct. So Tiger Lake coming soon. We should be seeing them. They're predicting June 2020. And with those, we'll see what Z will give us in graphics. We're going to take a break here when we come back. shenanigans shenanigans and also amd and samsung partnering up hmm for what though Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. TSMC! That is... They are known for working on quite a few different processors for various companies, including AMD. I'm not sure, but I think they're also in charge of uh, Qualcomm's? Now, regardless. TSMC is currently working on defying physics. 
and developing a two nanometer process. Two nanometer. What? They also work for, they also make chips for Apple. Uh, someone in the chat says. But think about two nanometers. We're currently reaping the benefits of seven nanometers, while Intel still, underlined still, can't figure out how to 10 nanometer. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, those new chips I just mentioned, those new uh, processors, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure those are 14 nanometer refined again. Good job. In fact, if I, I remember one, one story when I was going through the week. I can't find it now, of course. But... Intel is already predicting that when they finally get to 10 nanometer, it's going to be a very low yield process. Oh, Intel, Intel, Intel. There is a huge leak for The Last of Us Part 2. So keep an eye out on that. Developers of Last of Us are, in fact, going out of their way to to issue DMCA takedowns of anyone leaking out information of The Last of Us 2. So keep an eye out, and if you're interested in the game, of course, know these leaks are out there. Try not to find them. That's just the best I can have for you. We do finally have a release date. It actually was delayed from May 29th. It is now going to be released on June 19th. And amusingly enough, you know what I love? If you Google Last of Us 2 release date, Google will say May 29th. And then the sub radar for where they pulled that info from, it'll say Last of Us 2 will be released on June 19th, 2020. Last of Us 2 was previously due to be released on PS4 and PS4 Pro on May 29th, 2020. And Google deci- Google's algorithm decided to pull the wrong date. I love it. Smooth move, Google. So, if you're listening to this, to this podcast as a podcast, it is at least May 4th. When we record this live at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon, it is not May 4th yet. Just know on May 4th, though, you can watch Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker on Disney Plus so that you too can find out is it good or is everyone's rage against the movie justify? I personally have not seen it yet, and I just can't wait to see. If Disney's attempt to sue everyone misusing the May 4th hashtag is going to come to fruition, or whatever the heck they had planned for it. I think we actually did talk about this last week on Eagle Eyes on Tech, that um, Disney was... No, that was was Monday. I talked about it in the early bird briefing, not Eagle Eyes on Tech. So what happened was 
Disney went ahead and said, hey, tweet at us your favorite Star Wars moment with the hashtag May the 4th. And then they replied that tweet saying, all tweets tweeted at us using May the 4th are subjected to Disney's terms and services. Now, if you actually looked into it, which no one did, because why would you? It was pretty much Disney has some plans for all these tweets with the hashtag May the 4th to be used in some sort of event. And those tweets that are used for the events would be subjected to Disney's terms and terms of service. I don't know what those terms and service are. I did not have the spare time to read it, nor did I really care. I was too busy being fascinated with everyone assuming that Disney tried to take ownership of a hashtag and just absolutely troll the Disney Twitter account with all sorts of conspiracy theories or just straight up bashing them under the hashtag May the 4th. Oh, man. It, it it was pretty good. And Disney had to come out again and say, we meant for a thing. And no one cared. Just like not many people probably care about the fact that Qualcomm will be introducing Quick Charge 3 for new Snapdragon 765 devices, which I don't know if mine actually is or not. This will theoretically be able to charge an empty battery up to 50 up to 50% in 15 minutes. I'm not going to lie, anything to make batteries charge charge faster is a-okay by me as long as they don't make them explode. That's kind of the the way I look at this. AMD and Samsung are partnering up. Why? The thought process is the partnership will be for introducing AMD GPUs onto Samsung's own CPUs. Samsung makes the Exynos processor that is occasionally used at random within their Samsung Galaxy and Note lineup. In fact, it's pretty much all region locked, and it's probably because of something with patents. I don't know. I never looked into it. I never really cared enough. But the thought process of AMD Navi GPUs being in Samsung CPUs can, in fact, raise something interesting that may, in fact, result... In up to a 300 graphic improvement. Possibly even some battery savings. I just want to see where this is going. Chad is confirming that it is patent related. But you know what's even more fascinating? Can you imagine if someone goes out of their way to go and order, say the French version of uh, the Samsung Galaxy S21 because they want that AMD GPU with their Samsung Exynos. I mean, people already do that. They're going to be doing that even harder because before it was just a performance different of 5% one way or the other. 
I guarantee you it's going to be a lot more popular if you find out, oh, by the way, your buds across the pond get a 300% GPU performance. Now you can play Fortnite even better on your phone. Don't do that, by the way. I swear, if you play first-person shooters or third if you play third, if you play any kind of shooter competitively on your phone, I won't do anything about it, but I will glare at you from a distance disappointingly. Kind of like how I glare at iRobot disappointingly because they have suspended their plans to launch a lawnmower Roomba. And that saddens me. It really does. iRobot, of course, is coming under hard times as everyone is coming under under hard times as nobody can get anything out right now. There's no urge to really buy anything as everyone is quarantined, possibly unemployed as well, or furloughed, or or everything's cut back because of the pandemic. And therefore, luxury items like a robotic lawnmower are... Well, the demand has pretty much reached zero. By the way, I guarantee you that is also why Elon Musk is going bat squeak insane. Like his Twitter feed right now is 6,000% rantier and crazier than normal. And I guarantee you that's why. Because the, the demand for a luxury car like a Tesla has reached zero right now. And he is sitting there going, oh, no. And that is a shame, though. I would have loved a robot lawnmower. That would have been awesome. Jeff Keighley, he's back. This is the guy who was in charge of... The E3 Coliseum event, which before the COVID thing really reached any sort of, what's the right word I'm looking for? Notoriety? He went and said that he was bowing out of E3 this year. Well, and then eventually E3 just got canceled straight up. So, Jeff Keighley had a brilliant idea. Host E3, but have it be digitally. He is calling it the Summer Game Fest. And it will, in fact, be an online event of nothing but new game trailers. To which I say, bring it. Bring it. I welcome this with open arms, as does pretty much everyone in the chat as well. Which now brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit everyone hard. There's no mistaking that. It has especially hit a lot of people that now found their found themselves without a job. So LinkedIn has ha, has come up with a brilliant idea. An AI to help train you with your interview game. 
this AI will help coach you so that you can go to your next job interview more prepared and more well-trained to go score your next job. Now, on one hand, I think it's actually really cool. Because I I can't even count how many times people have looked at me and, and said, do you have any tips for getting my next job? And oddly enough, it has not actually been online. It's all been in person. I don't know when the heck in person I have become an authority on how to get job. Seeing as how I have had a grand total of, how many job interviews have I had? Two. Two job interviews. One for KFC. And one for Best Buy, which I didn't get. Otherwise, the computer repair job I I got, I was hired on, on the spot. The place I work at now, I was hired on the spot. And oddly enough, the the dry cleaning place that I was hired on the spot for, I now completely own, which is just, that blows me away. The place I now own, I never had an interview for. Which would be one thing if you started, but I didn't. But enough about me. If you are looking to up your interview game, I would say give it a shout over at LinkedIn. Let's I I would actually be legitimately curious to see what the kind of training from an AI would be to to actually help train you to for your next job interview. And also is it done by text? Is it done by voice call? So many questions. So little time that is going to do it for this episode of eagle eyes on tech i thank you so much for listening and i also urge you to check out my daily podcast the early burb briefing which you can find wherever you found this podcast on iHeartRadio, on itunes on google on google podcasts on spotify po- everywhere we are pretty much everywhere and if we're not at a podcast platform we want to be there soon and also make sure to check out my twitch page at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon we stream every sunday monday wednesday thursday now friday and saturday take care and hopefully we'll hear from you next time Next, next attempt I want to see with the LinkedIn AI bot. If it's text only, if it's text only, I want to see 
a Markov chatbot go head to head with the LinkedIn AI. This will be the battle of the Titans. Chat already says they're on it. I love this. This is this is going to be how we take down Skynet. Having AI go up against ridiculous Markov bots. <laughs>